All right, guys, thank you for that. It's time to welcome in Thomas Watson for today's Communities Feature. He is, of course, the writer and the host of Loaded and Rolling and our enterprise fleet expert here at Freight Waves. Thomas, we've got Q1 earnings starting to roll in. Some of our carriers are starting to report. We're touching on some of the larger companies, specifically J.B. Hunt, who had a little bit of a tough quarter. I want to remember that the larger you get, the further you move away from pure play trucking. So as an enterprise trucking expert, I unfortunately have to learn about sticky things such as intermodal and brokerages. What nonsense. But anyways, everything should move on a truck, whether uh, I know it or not. But let's break it down real quick. Biggest important thing to look at as well is they mentioned something called the freight recession. We've been talking a lot about it on our own media thing. But uh, looking at their consolidated uh, operating ratio and everything, uh, you know, you want to look at the OR. Trucking is a very OR heavy thing. If you're generally between 85 and 90%, you're thought of in the money. If you're 95% and above, you're usually doing something wrong. And if you're below 80% operating ratio, that's really, really great. And when we talk about OR, that means imagine for every dollar I make, what's my profit? 80 OR means I'm making 20 cents for those of you catching up or like me had to not pay attention in math and now have to learn it. So cool things that stand out since we don't have as much time. One, the brokerage took quite a haircut. I know I need one, but they definitely got one. Looking at it, they they were down about $274 million compared to Q2 22. When we're talking about the, you know, and sonar and the data, things are really hot still during Q, Q1 of last year. Things are not so hot this year. Uh, look at the third-party carriers. This is what I found interesting. Went from, in their system, 147,000 to 149,000. They gained 2,300 carriers using the platform. Uh, as a trucking expert, when we talk about too much trucking capacity, that's something to pay attention to. Todd Maiden, by the way, has a great article that breaks down all the financial details. I mean, tell the cool stuff I found with my adult ADD. Uh, and then finally, look at operating margin and income. Their operating income, they lost money. Uh, last year, 24 mil, down to 5 mil. So there's a lot of things to look at. Finally, revenue per load. These are important concepts because in trucking, you look at revenue per truck per week. Sometimes you look at revenue per load, but really revenue miles, net rev, operating. Uh, you know, you don't look at your OR really until you get yelled at at the end of the quarter. So uh, pulling down to their truckload side, this is what's fascinating. They do a owner-operator model. Uh, they even said management moved the majority of their uh, company-owned trucking operations out of the truckload segment and into dedicated. We see this a lot. When rates go down, large carriers move towards dedicated. And when I say dedicated, all the brokers out there, I'm not saying that I went from Chicago to Atlanta and I put one carrier on it. No, brother. I'm talking about I took over an Amazon DC and I manage all of the transportation out of it. That's when we talk about dedicated. Very lucrative because imagine I set up a dedicated area at like, uh, you know, ABV1 and needs 50 trucks. I pay them each $1,200 per week and we make money off of it. So when we talk about dedicated and large truckload carriers, important thing to watch. So final thoughts here, as I am pontificating upon the mound, is that, uh, you know, in spite of these things, looking at it, uh, their total load count, especially on intermodal, pay close attention to this. We still see softness in the intermodal market. ACT Research has a really cool thing about trucking intermodal versus truckload share. And right now, because of how cheap trucking is, uh, they're doing it over intermodal. This is showing up in the performance as well. And Thomas, one of the things mentioned earlier, of course, was the an incredible amount of capacity in the market right now. As you look at the bottom of the freight markets and getting out of it, what are going to be some of the biggest things that you think are going to have to happen first? Do you think it'll have to be a 
um, shake out in some of the capacity or do you think an increase in overall volumes or maybe a little bit of both? Well, uh, after I looked at my taxes, uh, I definitely think increase the volumes is off the table. Uh, your friend here decided he forgot a valuable thing, which is figure out how much you're projected to owe. So me and my CPAs had a really good laugh over that. Uh, I cried internally, though. Secondly, student loans are resuming in um, summer. Yeah, I think June or July. So unless anything happens on the legislation front, you're going to see a bigger push on demand because people are going to resume payments of between like maybe 100 to $600 a month. Uh, you know, there is a lot of situations where I cannot predict right now that there is a point where you can say, well, Thomas, there's going to be a lot more freight somewhere. I don't see that happening. What I see right now and what our data appears to be showing is that a resumption to a form of seasonality. When we see these bumps, this brings up the part number two. Unless enough trucking capacity leaves the market, and by that I mean, unfortunately, going out of business or parking your truck, it won't make a meaningful difference. Imagine a sponge, no matter how much water you pour on it, it's got room for more. So, Thomas, let's talk about the shift from spot to contract rate for a lot of these carriers as well. We saw that trend both reflected in J.B. Hunt and in Martin Transport, who reported earnings this week, too. Is that we are seeing a pretty big swap from that spot to that contract rate, and that's almost kind of good news because it gives them a little bit of a safety net. But does it maybe lock folks into some tougher times when the market eventually turns? I would say it's... Uh, you, so when we talk about spot to contract spreads, you know, most large carriers will probably be around, like, five to 10% spot and like 90 to 95% contract. You know, you want to have predictability because if you're moving thousands of trucks, uh, it is a very time consuming process to try and fill that bucket otherwise. But looking at it when the market changes, the biggest challenge right now, especially with RFP season, is that one, is my customer mix resilient? And when I mean that, you know, sometimes when you go into an RFP, you find out really quickly that when you do a year-long one, your customer puts most of it the first half of the year, and they're very lean on the second half. So if you're a pricing team, you're in a weird spot right now because their demand expectations, does that mean that maybe volumes will change? It's really easy to mess up internally, by the way, your volume numbers. Imagine you have a, an area of 500 loads per week in a specific market, and you know in your customer mix, each one provides 100 loads per week. But what if you overshot it and you find out one of them is a plastics manufacturer and they go from 100 to 200 loads? You've now successfully turned your market into a balanced one of 500 trucks and 500 loads to 600 loads and 500 trucks. I have 100 too many loads. What do I do? So, you know, when we're always talking about why tender rejections and everything else is fascinating, because generally speaking, there's a little bit of fuzziness back and forth. So the fear is that, uh, you know, I'm making these decisions and the volume is either too little or too much as we move into the second half of the year. My theory is it's going to be too little, too lean. Customers will say, I just don't have the freight and the product for you. So, you know, we're going to continue to see downward pressure on spot because, uh, you know, just like when you forgot your homework and you're having to read cliff notes, carriers at a large scale, thousands of trucks will generally just start gobbling up anything they can to backfill. And we see that with chasing freight. Looking at Martin's OR, 83.6 last year, super amazing. 90.2. Martin's a well-run pure play trucking operation. And even looking in their dedicated segment, they actually improved. We are seeing some movement. But the final thoughts here, uh, revenue per truck per week went down. This is a big thing in trucking. Nearly 5,000 last year, 4,500. But truck count went up from about 17.8 percent from 1480 to like 1741. Uh, Final thoughts here as well. It looks like they're chasing freight. Uh, Non-revenue miles as a percentage. We call that your deadhead percentage. 10.4, healthy, respectable, normal. 
12.7. Not fun. More miles, more cost, more deadhead. They're feeling the pressure. A lot of them are. Look at the OR. Doing pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, I came from a company I did five years. The OR would be 95 to 100%. So we'd always be very jealous of companies like Martin or J.B. Hunt or somebody else who actually turned a profit. Thomas, insightful as always. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, when can people catch you on Load and Rolling? Definitely check out the live show uh, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. And we got the newsletter coming out today. Uh, you can find it at freightwaves.com slash loaded and rolling. Comes out 2 p.m. today. All right, Thomas, thanks for that. We'll catch you then. Right now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> 